RIP to the best damn service I've had since early Uber. Yeah, I've just been walking around in the days for a week thinking about what could have been if they just had a little bit more time. A little bit more time, a little bit more capital. Milk Run has unfortunately announced that it is closing its doors and shutting down, making all staff redundant, returning whatever capital is left to investors, but also paying all suppliers. Mm-hmm. Milk Run is the last, really, of the of the fast delivery. Instant grocery. I mean, all we've got left is uh, Woolworths Metro 60. Mm. And let's be honest, 60 minutes. They must have felt like this when they, they stopped flying the Concorde from New York to London. Yeah. The supersonic jet is gone. Yeah, the, the supersonic f- jet of Maggi Noodles is gone. And the, the, yeah, exactly. Now imagine the, the Concorde flying from New York to London, except instead of any passengers, it had one single Cadbury cream egg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a five-pack of Megaring. I think and it cost $7. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's the same feeling. Now, the future has been arrested. Yeah. I mean, look. I loved Milk Run. I like. I genuinely loved it. I also, outside of just the fact that they were giving me eighteen dollars every time I ordered yeah, from well, them. Yeah, I mean, let, let's temper our love with the feeling that it was partially because they were giving us equivalent, essentially free stuff for two years. Yes, uh, Milk Run, the you know instant grocery delivery. That's not what we're talking about this episode, but uh, we thought we'd probably put couldn't a, let it go unmentioned. We discussed it about a month or so ago, maybe more. We investigated the whole instant grocery space. By investigated, I mean like we just had a chat about it. We talked about it, yeah. It, um, very, it was very service level. But, but yeah, they have gone under. That We mentioned at the time, I think Volley had gone under, blah, 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 blah. Send. Send. Quicko. And over in the States, they're having lots of troubles because at the end of the day, they're taking the same margins as retail. They're taking, if tough, they're lucky, 30% margins. And also trying to deliver you something in 10 minutes to your door. It's a tough business model. Uh, and at the time, we knew it was tough. We knew that, yeah, so they were, it turns out, making a loss of 50% gross margins per delivery. I, if you're ordering a $28 order, it's probably costing them 40 something dollars. Yep. Obviously, it was, a lot of people saw this coming, this podcast included, which is why you listen to us. Yep. But it also heralded, like, they were the epitome, and, and not just them, like, not Milk Run. As I've said, I said back then, love the brand, love everything they did. If they can't make it work, who could? But that was the epitome of we are going to create a business that right now loses so much money. The more people use us, the more we lose. The more we scale, the more money we're going to lose. But one day, somewhere down the track, 10 years, who knows when, we'll make heaps of money. The kind of Amazon promise. Yep. Life comes at you fast. Life does come at you fast. Yeah, Interest rates bump up a few percent. They, and, and all of a sudden, yeah, a whole bunch of businesses don't work anymore. Look, they, they made a crazy bet that- the sort of money environment and the funding environment, they'd be able to sort of outrun it mm. and then hopefully find a sustainable business sometime in the future. And they weren't the only company to make that bet. A lot of companies made that same bet in the exact same space. And regretfully, they did not manage to outrun fate. No. You know? They did not manage it. But on the other side, there is a there's a very funny strand of counter commentary, which we were talking about before, which is like, you know, a bunch of people in Australian sort of VC community and affiliated Australian tech community being like, oh, so it's fucking illegal to try? It's illegal to have a red-hot go? Mm. That's not the Australia I know. And it's like, well, you know, I, on, the, on the one hand, I'm sympathetic to that. You should have a crack. Yeah. Have a crazy idea. Try to get funding for it. Make it happen. Change the world. But, you know, a lot of the people that were criticising Milk Run or 
questioning Milk Run weren't doing it from the basis of like, I want to see an Australian startup crash and burn. No, they probably did probably what we were doing, which, which was, was like looking how, at the numbers and, and being, being like, like, how does this work? Yeah. Uh, you are like slurping up a lot of money. And also the aspiration of all these kind of companies is to change the texture of life. You know? Yes. Yeah, they, yeah. they want to like change the way change that we society, yeah. interact with supply chains and buy things. So they're, they're making a big ask of everyone as well. But yeah, it didn't work in the end. So rip milk run, rip to getting a cut of pork, just a little bit of broccoli, uh, maybe some who gives a crap toilet paper, and just a, a caramel koalo just for you, just as a little treat because you need you deserve to treat yourself for really an outrageous price delivered to your door in ten to fifteen minutes. The dream is over, folks. Mm. Sound that sound the funeral bell. <laughs> Uh, we're not talking about that today. No, we can't do a whole episode of that. We're not going. We're not going to dance on their grave. No, I'm. I'm we're, not dancing. I'm no, sad. No, we're just going to acknowledge the down around was again correct. Yeah, actually, it's worth probably listening to our episode and go get, go back and evaluate how correct we were. Yeah. Spoiler perfect. alert. Very. <laughs> no, th- today we're talking about Discord. We're talking about communication. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, step back. We're talking about society. We're talking about society. We're talking about speech, discourse. Community. Yeah. Community. How important is community? Yeah. So important. It's one of the animating forces of human history is community. But specifically, we're talking about Discord. And chat apps, I suppose. Yeah, I guess so, in, in the broader sense. But Discord is kind of like one that we've... I don't know why we, why we haven't covered. We've touched on it a bunch in the Mid-Journey episodes. Yeah, we've talked about it a bit, but not really got into it. So, and as a result, you can't really talk about Discord without talking about Slack yeah. and talking about... Sorry, what was it, Raph? What was the other app? Uh, wavelength. No, 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 no. Something else. Uh, WhatsApp? No, 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 no. I'm thinking of uh, something that's very near and dear to your heart, something that you're very passionate about. We were talking about it for hours and hours and hours before we even recorded this podcast. <clears throat> the Everything app, Microsoft Teams. Yes. Yeah, baby. Now we're talking. Discord is an interesting app to talk about because it's one of the largest social networks on the planet, it has become incredibly integral to a lot of communities and discourse and speech on the internet happens virtually overnight, like very quickly. Mm. The interesting thing about this space is like what we're talking about here is texting each other. And in that space, there's this kind of continuum from SMS to iMessage to WhatsApp and groups to over on the other side, you have early internet kind of forums, these places of discussion. Interesting because communication is fundamental to being human. Mm -hmm. Many would say is what separates us from every other Successful animals. Not just the apes, mate. Bacteria. Separates from bacteria. Yep. It's the only thing. The only thing that separates us from pond scum is posting on Discord. No, no. Like, as you say, <laughs> the apes. Like, it's our communication, right? One ape can get an ant out of an anthill with a stick, yep. but, like, five humans can build a house. On Slack. And Discord is somewhere in the middle of forum to SMS. Yep. And it kind of turns out that I think that it's like in a very good spot in that middle. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and, we should we should explain what Discord yeah, is. Yeah, sure. And what I was going to say as well is that Discord is, I think, the big success story of COVID. I think it's like the most successful, in, enduring success of apps that became big during COVID. Zoom has not crashed and burned and still really integral to how a lot of organizations work, but they weren't able to sort of capture the energy and translate it into something really, really long-lasting. Yeah. Discord is one that has, and we'll, we'll get into that. 
Before we talk about Discord and get into it, we probably do have to talk about Slack a bit because that was the first one out the gate. Slack and Discord kind of operate very, very similarly. They're both sort of built off copying the sort of structure and language of IRC, which is a much older uh, internet communication standard for live chat, live persistent. Basically chat rooms. Yeah, for chat rooms. Um, And it uses kind of the same organizational structure. Uh, but Slack, built by Slack Technologies, back, launched back in 2013. I've got to make sure that's right. See, in the future, we can have just like live voice to text AI just fact checking us at all times and just like putting mm. a big red button on the screen. I mean, like, uh, 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 uh. I reckon, uh, did I get that right? If I did, I'll, I'll cheer. No, I didn't get it right at all. Um, so Slack launched in 2013. That's I, what you said. I said 2015, didn't I? No, you said 13. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> All right. Uh, Slack launched back in 2013, and basically it pitched itself as being a um, workplace communication tool with the goal of sort of like basically replacing email. Mm. It's difficult to remember, but up until then, email was still like the prime way which organizations sort of communicated to themselves within internally. A better way, if you ask me. You're an email head? Yeah. Well, we can, we can sort of get into, get into the why. Slack instead applied the logic of social media basically and the litany of chat applications be they like whatsapp or imessage or whatever and brought, sort of brought that energy into the workplace the idea being that everyone can sit in a gigantic chat room all day and direct message each other and talk in chat rooms which are divided by topic area to figure out what everyone's on about rather than sending emails back and forth mm. so i think it's fair to say that slack like dramatically changed sort of like corporate communication everywhere. Definitely. It was like a massive hit. One nail in the coffin of email. There's no other nails. It's just that one because it still can't die otherwise. Uh, I'd say there's a few nails. I AI? think I think generative AI is, is it, probably no, another nail. The moment they put generative AI in, in Gmail natively, that's, that's, cur- that's curtains for email. No, but you're dead right. Obviously, I mean, I don't need to tell people like the benefits were you can fire off a single question and kind of have a conversation back and forth in a way that is far more frictionless than email. And part of that is like, I mean, part of that, I suppose, is the UX, but like part of that is also just the kind of societal rules that have formed around email. Yeah. And I guess the time and whatnot. But yeah, it's primarily just the interface that you're communicating with people like is reminiscent of SMS. So you feel like that you can just fire off things. This is why, side note, I think this is bad. I don't like it. I hate internal like chat communication um, pieces of software, I do not encourage it whatsoever because I think for the most part, it encourages people when a question hits their brain, fire off a poorly formatted, like yeah, yeah, yeah. fire it off as opposed to opening up Outlook or, you know, my preferred obviously. And having a think. And structuring how you ask the question in a formal way and maybe thinking of other questions. And sometimes when you're halfway through that email realizing, oh, actually this isn't the right person to ask and actually there's, a way that I can work this out myself. I I, I basically agree. I think Slack has been like beneficial in a lot of ways and making workplace communication a little bit less formal, a little bit less locked in, but the other effects are pretty dramatic 
and you know it, it's obviously it erodes work life balance. Yeah, yeah, totally. There's an expectation. Email, like you send an email, you're not expecting an instant response. Uh, send, send a Slack, a, like send a Slack attempt within PM. an hour. You expect a response. If someone hasn't responded, you assume they're not working. They're slack, like they're they're doing something else. They're slacking. They're slacking off. Um, they claimed it's an, an acronym, right? But I think that was yeah, yeah, a hypocritical no, a backronym, as they call it, yeah. when they they figure it out later. Also, there's the this is like a whole conversation we could have, but a lot of people talk about the fact that Slack has brought sort of like the logic of social media into workplace communications. There was an article in, I want to say it was The Verge, where it was talking about this phenomenon where like it creates this whole new hierarchy of how organizations work where the person who was kind of like the funniest on Slack or like the quickest with a fucking GIF reply or the, you know, yeah. becomes like top of the pecking order, even yeah. though they're not necessarily contributing anything no i like slack doesn't help with the fact that you can now check out that reactions view you know you can check out that view on slack now where it i don't use Slack. that's right you're a teams man i'm a team you're a teamsman i'm teams or google chat yeah well no slack now has a view where you can click it you can see mentions and reactions so it's almost like a twitter mm-hmm. notifications panel yeah. Where it just shows you everyone who has sent you a message all the reactions to yeah, your posts yeah, yeah. and it's like the same like weird dopamine hit of getting a bunch of lol reacts yeah anyway it definitely introduces some like weird stuff into like the the corporate universe anyway discord which as anyone who has glancingly used other pieces of software kind of looks like slack works like slack seems to have basically the same interface as slack uh so discord was founded by a guy named jason citron back in 2015 so only a couple years after slack and he founded it to solve a problem which is fascinating and took until 2015 to solve, but it's basically the problem of gamers talking to one another. Mm-hmm. Right? Also a mistake. <laughs> Don't let gamers talk to one another. Keep them cloistered. Keep them like sealed off from social contact. The gaming aspect is really funny because, so a little bit of a history of Jason Citron, his career can be read as him trying with all his his little heart to become a game developer mm. and in the process of attempting that, inventing several billion-dollar businesses <laughs> <laughs> while he's trying to, like, become a game developer. He came from a company called OpenFaint, a product called OpenFaint, um, which was, like, a leaderboard multiplayer service that you could bolt on to your mobile games. So it was kind of like what Apple's Game Center does, but as kind of like an off-the-shelf solution before that came out. So if you were, like, the someone that made like Fruit Ninja, you could bolt on this sort of shared- Social leaderboard thing. Social leaderboard sort of thing. Like in Big Buck Hunter. <laughs> like like in Big Buck Hunter. But he built that while trying to get his own mobile games off the ground. Mm. The games sucked and no one liked them, but people really liked Open Faint as like the multiplayer layer or the leaderboard layer. He sold it to a Japanese company for $100 million and that Japanese company then folded it like a year later, because it was completely unprofitable. I listened to a podcast with him where the person asked him, you know, in the most friendly and collegial podcast way, like, oh, what was the business model of Open Faint? And he was like, well, we didn't really have one. We weren't making any money at all, and we had no idea how we were going to make money. He literally sold that for $100 million. So yeah. a bit of a vision to that. Good times. But he was newly wealthy. Jason Citrin, he was ready to take on the world, and he said, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make my game studio. Yeah. You know, this is a guy who he studied game design at like some dinky little Florida. The reason he learned to code was to design a game. Yeah, he really wanted to do that. He was all right. Well, I'm going to make. I'm finally going to make my game studio. Yeah. He basically started one 
called Hammer and Chisel. He was making a game called Fates Forever, which is like a clone of League of Legends. Yeah, yeah. It's like an iPad League of Legends. iPad right? League of Legends or something. If you become ill hearing that and you're stumbling around your room feeling faint, <laughs> so did everyone else because nobody played. No one played Fates it, Fate. but the team chat was pretty good. But he was building like a team chat layer where he was like, I'm going to fix the problem of sort of at the same time. We want everyone on Earth to be playing Fates Forever, this yeah. like auto battler three versus three League of Legends clone. But on the side, we'll build this little chat function to like to bid all that. Turned out the chat function was really good. Yeah. And that's what uh, Discord came out of. Ironically, um, Slack also came out of a game. Yeah, yeah. The, the first thing that Slack Technologies, which was called something else, built was like a browser-based multiplayer game. Yeah, and so, now we're like, oh, God, no one likes our multiplayer game. But our internal chat software is actually it's, like not it's bad. pretty good. <laughs> so if you want to know where like the dominant idiom of modern online communication and conversation, it's gamers all the mm. way down. Gamers have built the modern world. <laughs> it's a gamer's world. You're just living in it, brother. I know. Yeah, oh, no. But it's weird that it took them 2000, until 2015 to solve this problem because like- Gamers have always had like a all sorts of weird friction and problems trying to like talk to one another and yeah. like have voice chat that kind of works between different titles. How do you communicate with your mates who are already playing like a round of Counter Strike or something? Yeah, yeah. Without like texting them and hoping that they see their phone. Like, how can you talk to them while they're also talking to each other? Something that works across every sort of online game. That wasn't a solved problem. Yeah. Um. So Discord's original goal was to be an incredibly very, very low processor and RAM intensive because obviously people are They're gaming. They're they, gaming. They want them frame rates to they stay got, high. They want their 120 frames per second. Did That's what Discord did. Its goal was to like be extremely low overhead. And also low chat. latency. Really low latency, really low overhead voice chat. And that's what it was. It became rapidly really, really big within for gamers because it was targeted at them. It was like their sort of platform. The text chat aspect of it looked just like Slack. If you've never opened Discord or you've opened Slack, you kind of get the picture. But I, I want to pause for a second because yeah. also like you have a situation where community was developing within games and nowhere for that to perpetuate. You know, you might play WoW or whatever and you have to ask for someone's Facebook account yep. or something to continue that conversation or like a phone number. If you're playing like a COD or whatever, like some kind of multiplayer game, mm. you need to like within the game in order to kind of continue that bond. I'm sure, you can add them on like PlayStation Network or whatever if that's what you're using or I guess Steam to a certain extent, but there's no community forming yep. around it. Like if you have a squad to start a what like a Facebook Messenger thread yep. or something like that. Whereas Discord, all of a sudden, was this opportunity that's like, okay, there's a problem here, and, and you don't want to start giving out your phone number to random people you're meeting on Xbox Live or whatever it is, or like within a, a chat game. That was also a part of it. Is like here is a place where we can talk and chat, obviously during the game, but also like that's after the game. Yeah, yeah. So, and I don't need to know your real name. Yeah, it's just a link to a voice chat slash chat box yeah yep, totally and like yeah community started to like sprout up around it also started to emerge a lot of like game developers started to use it as kind of like the community around their game so yeah. they would moderate big communities where everyone would talk and like especially for actively in development games they would get feedback from the community about how it was working and the the beauty of discord is it was really frictionless like you could build you could literally click a button and start a whole new community in like two seconds yeah the problem with WhatsApp is you need someone's phone number. Yep. Discord, it's a link. It's a link you go, you can join. So that was really good. The things that were designed around gaming have made it a 
much better product that works in other aspects. Yep. So, like, the voice channel thing. So, anyone on Discord can just- If I'm online, I can just start a voice channel by myself, and I'm the only one in the channel, and anyone can then just kind of jump into that channel. Yep. Like, within, you know, like I've got my WoW- Discord channel or whatever, my Overwatch channel for my my squads or whatever, people I regularly play with. I just basically go live to a certain extent, but without the pressure of me going live, I'm just jumped into a channel. Anyone can then pop in and have a chat without it being as formal as I have to call you. Yeah, or, or accept a voice call. Accept a voice call, exactly. Like some kind of start a group chat that I'm no. hoping that people are going to answer the ringing on their phone. It's just like, if you want to hang out- You just come into this room exactly. and, and you're talking. Like I'm on the couch playing a video game and if you want, you can just sit down and we just- you can walk, And I was like, and honestly, I think a f- way more successful model than all the fucking like clubhouse shit that came like Exactly. That. It like just works way better. And yes, it's built off this gaming idiom of like people free flowing between different game lobbies and games and shit like that. But it turned out to be appealing beyond gamers. Yeah, and, and but the same is true of the latency thing we we're talking about before. Yeah, as you said, it's voice chat is the best voice chat. Unlike kind of zooms and whatever, where there's always that little bit of lag. It's a little bit annoying. The kind of social cues of knowing when to interrupt and whatever don't work. They went for like. We're doing this for games, so there has to be no latency. If you're talking in your team chat or whatever, you can talk over each other and it makes more sense. Like in real life, you can kind of vaguely talk over each other and still understand. You can kind of do that in discourse. What that means, though, is that it's just a better, like it's It's more natural. It's better tech. It feels better. Discord's voice chat tech, and even its video chat to a certain extent, is like leagues ahead of its competitors. Mm. Like if you were doing a, a call between people, Discord like shits all over Zoom in terms of just the pure voice chat aspect of it. But this kind of became incredibly salient during the pandemic. Mm. Um, so before 2010, Discord was very popular, but it was very popular among gamers and then like a few other weird little communities. During uh, COVID, when all of a sudden everyone had to communicate online, Discord's popularity like absolutely fucking exploded. All different sorts of communities that were outside gaming got into it and started to build servers. I, I did mention, well, that's what they called servers. Yeah, that is, like, it's kind of annoying. That makes it sound way too nerdy. It's like you're not just starting a thread or yeah. whatever or they starting used, a chat. You're starting a server. They used to be called guilds. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. they're, on the, they're on the path to improvement. And as a result, it's been very funny watching Discord over the past, um, well, I guess it's almost three years now, is that they've basically been like, holy shit, we're now insanely popular. All sorts of people are using us for all sorts of different purposes we've gone from being a place where people talk about league of legends to there being like harry styles discords that have two hundred thousand people in them yeah yeah it's worth noting one of the reasons that that happened though is because you it's so customizable yeah right like you can start a channel and like come up with different rules have moderation bots and like block users create different threads and give different permissions like it's very flexible it's very it's very flexible and also crucially free without any like major restrictions for anyone Mm. Unlike Slack, which we'll, we'll talk about in a bit, the different monetization models. But that allowed it to grow, though, as yeah, well, right? Because if, if you have people, if you have communities looking for a, a platform to, like, grow a community and professional community builders, like, you know, people use it for marketing or there are just or people building it around their own brand. If we could have, like, a friggin' down round Discord. Point being, like, as far as growth is concerned, all of a sudden you have evangelists for you, right? Yeah. Like, I'm looking for a platform where I can set the rules and I want to go live once a week and blah, blah, blah. I want one channel to be, like, subscriber only and one not and this, that, and the other. Discord's the perfect platform. I yeah. want a bot to come in and do this. I want to be able to post photos. Oh, it looks like Discord can do all of that for me. Now I'm inviting my 
4,000 followers or whatever to come and join me in the Discord. It was a really good growth mechanism. It was, it was totally. It was really, really seamless. It's been very funny over the past three years watch Discord basically slowly excise all of like the insanely gamer oriented branding yeah yeah it was, yeah. It was if you go to the homepage, there's literally like no gaming on it yeah exactly because now they're like fuck we now have like knitting groups that run on discord we can't have all of our internal language be like geared towards people who are like fucking obsessed with overwatch yeah it's been funny to watch them well now. i mean crypto obviously was a massive yeah so like- one of the other big growth things as well was the whole crypto nft thing was discord native that massive surge in interest in fucking board apes and NFTs and all that sort of stuff. Every single NFT project had an associated Discord where people would talk dream big about all the crazy utility their NFT they just spent $150,000 yeah. on life. Their squiggle means that they're going to get access to like the world's hottest clubs and probably women. <laughs> Definitely women. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, unfortunately, none of that played out, especially the women. It was a huge leg up to Discord. That kind of came to a crashing halt when Discord was like, okay, we're going in on Web3. Mm. Like we're introducing like native NFT support and like native blockchain integration and stuff yeah. like that. And literally everyone was like, who wasn't really into that was like, that fucking sucks. So they yeah. can't. They well, gamers notoriously are 98% against they, NFTs. They, yeah, they hate, hate, hate NFTs. So yeah, they're different little stakeholders sort of butted heads there. Anyway, the point of the, the fact of the matter is that Discord became absolutely massive during the pandemic and now has completely woven its way into, especially younger people, like, you know, if you're over 30, you may not use Discord, but if you're under 30, you almost certainly are in at least one. They now have like 350 million users, really solid thing. It's now like one of the big social media platforms altogether. Mm. One way to, to frame this as well is that they're now sort of moving up and devouring Slack from the the other side to what Microsoft Teams is. Yeah. So as we mentioned, Slack is the one that kind of made this sort of format of communication popular, this particular sort of like IRC-ish chat rooms that are organized into different rooms and replace email and social media in a little bit more private. We've told on this podcast before the story of how Microsoft then cloned Slack with Teams. Yeah. Much to Raf's delight. That was a real real moment for you. It's a better product. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, in the productivity space, it makes more sense for Microsoft to be making a chat product than it does for a third party. And I know that like people are like, oh, but the flexibility of Slack is that you can add all these integrations, these other third parties. You can sign up for $49 a month for, I don't know, some kind of weather bot that tells you the weather in there and blah, 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 blah. And you have this flexibility to add your tasks and integrate this platform with this platform with this platform. Everyone knows my take on that is that if you're actually starting a business, sure, it might be fun as like a user, especially if you're a dev, like a lot of you are, like we're like, oh, it's so fun. I've got the flexibility to add all of these third-party integrations. But if you're looking at like, what is our bill on all of these frigging third-party integrations, team smokes you. And by the way, it's like obviously getting crushed by discord in that direction as well discord is so open like yeah. it's actually fantastic and we talked about it before in the mid journey episode where like you can use discord effectively as a ui yeah. for anything mid journey uses it so mid journey being like an ai image generation tool right if you sign up for mid journey you get a link a discord the mid journey discord where you type slash imagine and then you're prompt yeah. and within that same channel it'll send you back 
four images, like in a totally. kind of a chat channel. You can interact with them. There's little buttons, blah, 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 blah. Slack could have been that, but because they were focusing on enterprise, yeah, they're not saying like, we're a platform for you to build your consumer apps on because they were less interested in like consumer products. They were yep. B2B, which meant that they were always going to be up against Microsoft and yeah, Microsoft totally. Teams. Yeah, as you say- if you're a big company, you are most likely already have a Office 365 or like a Microsoft installation of some kind, and then you just get Teams as part of that. Why the hell would you pay for something else? But on the other side, Slack could have owned that more casual, personal communication, consumer-level stuff as well, and they were perfectly fucking primed for it. Like, yeah. I think Slack started the whole movement of like kind of personal, fun, SaaS software right yeah for sure like they kicked off that whole thing of like integrating emojis into the interface yeah it's cool to be doing emojis at work everything is fun like gifts they did like the gifts thing was basically started on slack they they did they invented like that whole thing they created that whole like casualizing the way people talk to each other at work sort of thing yeah so they were totally ready to own that space but putting aside the fact that they were acquired by salesforce least fun company on the planet Mm. and all evidence seems to suggest that that's been a disaster thus far and they haven't figured out a way to properly integrate Slack into Salesforce. Mm. Surprise, surprise. But because Slack's goal is to get organizations to pay for it yeah. in the same way that they, they, they've completely fucked up their whole funnel. Well, yeah, you were literally saying the thing with Discord is like you start at what once was a guild but a server, but you can jump from server to server. You've got a bunch of different servers. Anyone can spin one up instantly invite someone in, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, Slack's goal is for every single one of those servers to start paying per user yeah, in it, there. It, ta- it literally takes you five seconds to set up a new Discord server and then you can just start inviting people. Setting up a new Slack, um, what do they call them? What are, I can't channels. Remember. No, channels are like the individual oh, I don't things. know then. Channels are the individual like chat I, rooms. I hate that. I, like, I've got a vague group chats who use Slack as a platform. Yeah, I, I literally just don't check them. I know, I know people that have Slack group chats, which is uh, perverted to me. But anyway... The Slack process is a lot more involved because they want to learn everything possible about you because they want you're, – you're automatically restricted. You have a limit of how many people you can have in there yeah. and how many messages can be sent over yeah, a certain period. Yeah, how many integrations. It they, gets deleted. All your history gets deleted after yeah, however many they days. They want you to start paying immediately. Discord, out of the box, you set up a server. You're not limited in how many people are in there. I think they found the upper limit of how many people can be in a – Discord server, I think it's 800,000 people because League of Legends hit that threshold. I mean, to be honest, I can't think of anything more unpleasant than being in a chat room with 800,000 people. It literally but, sounds like Satan's dream. Exactly. And here's kind of like the monetization stuff because as impressive as Discord kind of is as a product and its integration into... So cast your mind back when I was just talking about Jason Citroen, the guy that started it. His last business that he sold for $100 million, not only did it not make money, he didn't even have the faintest idea of how it might make money. Mm. Discord has taken the opposite view. Rather than charging organizations to to host, like Slack does, it's all user-based. Users yeah. get charged. Yeah. So on the one hand, you can pay for what's called like a Nitro, like Discord yeah, Nitro. Discord Nitro, yeah. So that's like a regular subscription thing. It's... I think it's like 10 bucks a month. Yeah, but it's like the classic, it's kind of like Twitch premium or whatever, like these kind of things where 
and YouTube, you can do it, like it gives you access to more emojis. Yeah, you, and, can do, you can do you and change can do- your avatar. Reddit, like Reddit, has a premium thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Where you buy like a premium avatar and this kind of stuff. And it gives you maybe access- we're too old to fully understand. No. And like it's a totally fine product as far as it goes. It, give, it also gives you access to like higher quality video chats, like that kind of yeah. stuff. But the other side of it, which is interesting, is something that they call like a boost. So there are three tiers of like service for each individual Discord server. So on your free plan, you like I said, you can have as many messages as you want. It's saved forever. You have as many people as you want, but you have a limitation on how many like custom emojis you can use. Mm. You have a limitation on quality of the video chats generally in that group. And there's a bunch of other like limitations. They're not really intense, but they do exist and would be frustrating to like power users and people who use those servers. So the users of those servers pay to boost the server up the various tiers that they have. Mm. So people will kind of, it's almost like tipping Discord to make the community that you're in yeah. better. It's community building. It's actually friggin' genius. It's, it's, it is like really interesting and impressive. The idea is that if you are with a thousand people and you're in a Discord that's for, I mean, fucking no, like the down round Discord, yeah. which we're never going to make. No. I want to make that incredibly clear. No, no. But- like Substack. Like chat, it's enough for us. It's more than enough. I don't want to moderate a Discord. That sounds like a real dead end for my time in life. <laughs> but but you know, you would have a thousand people in the down around Discord. People fucking love the down around Discord. They love the community that's built in there. And let me let me be straight. You would love the community in there if we ever decide heavy to hitters. <laughs> but then the people in that community, rather than us, would be like, "I'm going to pay to make this experience better." Yeah, yeah. And every month for me and like, my friends, let's hit that. Yeah, and they all g themselves up like we got to get to like the the top tier this week this month because it does reset after it's like Qantas points. Mm. Your, your status goes down. Yeah. In yeah. fact, I would be shocked if it were airline frequent flyer miles sort mm. of things weren't one of the models they were thinking of when they were imagining how to do this. So I think, as you said, it's a really kind of like impressive and interesting model. I just don't understand how that is actually going to make it into a, a big business. Well. Yeah, totally. And, you know, the revenue is like, it's pretty decent, 120 mil uh, as of a couple of years ago, which sounds like a good business. Like, they're a private company. You don't know what they're- Yeah, it's good. We, yeah, we don't know how much they're making, what their burn rate is. We don't understand. We don't know if they're profitable. Presumably not. Yeah. Um, they've got heaps of funding as well, because of course they've got so many users. Of course they'd have heaps of funding. But the big thing is that they were offered to be bought out a couple of years ago for $13 billion. Uh, back in 2021, so during just after its massive- COVID surge, uh, Microsoft were really, really hungry for like a consumer social media platform. So they had LinkedIn. They have LinkedIn, which is like quite successful, but the only people that are posting on LinkedIn for fun are like stone cold psychos. Yeah. They have teams and things like that. But again, that's purely commercial. They really wanted a consumer level social network. And Discord does fit perfectly with the Xbox, etc. Like they were very strongly thinking about getting TikTok back when, you know, the Trump was signaling that it was going to be forced for sale. They wanted to buy Pinterest Mm. and then Discord was like their next thought and they offered $13 billion to buy it. And Discord said, no, they weren't going to accept that. And they filled a few other offers. Amazon also wanted to buy Discord, I guess, to sit alongside Twitch. Kind of makes sense. Anyway, they refused. Back in 2021, when they were they were surging, and also every other tech company was surging, and it looked like no one was going to go outside again, and everything was going to be online, and blah 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 blah. We've talked about this a million times on the podcast. That probably made sense. I think if they were offered 13 billion dollars in uh, 2023, 
they would be a little bit more open to it. Because they also talked about, well, in refusing it, the reporting said that one of their their thinking was they were going to go public instead. Yeah. That still hasn't happened. And to be fair, Salesforce bought Slack for $27 billion, So So maybe, yeah, maybe they were hungry for something a little bit, a little bit higher. By the way, a massive overpay. That was that was that was, that was an absurd absurd purchase, with the benefit of hindsight. So the the point is that I don't think they would get that a price as good as that now. Yeah, the bear case is they've been looking for these monetization strategies. They have these kind of cool and interesting ones that are user based. But at the end of the day, as soon as you're charging users kind of ten dollars a month, it's very low average order value. It's going to be hard to kind of scale out to be a multi billion dollar business like. Yeah, yeah, people want it to be. You know, they've tried some a lot of things that failed. Like they had the uh, game store, like Discord store. Yeah, they had their own, like basically their own Steam. It lasted less than a year. Yeah, it died, and I feel like they would not give it a crack now because again, they're trying to like pitch themselves as not just for gamers. Mm. So to have a game store, what I think would be something they wouldn't want to do. Yeah, they've kind of backed themselves in the, into a corner a little bit. So I'd be interested to see what they do about it. Well, the interesting side of things is I think that mid journey model where. Startups who like using Discord as a user interface. Now, something like Midjourney kind of works because, like, realistically, the people who are going to subscribe to an AI image generator, they're probably already cool with downloading a Discord thing or whatever. Yeah. But if you're like going to a regular consumer and saying, like, here's a product that I have, here's a digital product that will like help you with your workflow, want to get started? Sure, download this other product that you've never heard of that's a weird chat app and that's the interface isn't going to work so well but like if that gets normalized i find that very interesting and compelling this kind of platform play yeah the platform play is interesting i would say that i think that the mid journey is probably like the best example of this happening and it's the first time i used it i was like this is like cool what they've hacked together here Mm. but i would also say that it's probably the number one biggest barrier that mid journey has right now for like Mass adoption. Yeah. If you're even slightly not tech savvy, you're not fucking downloading Discord to use like that weird yeah. text interface. Like, no, totally. But it is true. Like, I think they have way more momentum than Slack in terms of like platform and software integrations. Yeah. And way more momentum though than places like WhatsApp. And I've kind of said before, I think Twitter, like Twitter has the same benefits of Discord in that. A Twitter DM group is potentially a bunch of people who you don't know their real name, you don't know their phone number, but you share some kind of common interest and you've been lumped together in like a Twitter DM group and you kind of chat to these people. And now it could be for years. You've been in like groups with people who you literally don't know who they are, but you are very familiar with them and you're like on a very familiar basis, blah, 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 blah. Twitter DMs could have been, like obviously I don't think they could have gone as far as like Discord because of that games integration, but building out the Twitter DMs product, I think there is a want, and Facebook recognizes, there is a want for that kind of communities and groups with people you don't actually know, but you share some kind of common ideology or kind of some common passion. Yeah. Twitter missed a huge trick there with like not taking their DMs into more of this kind of like no, I think so. groups like, and forum Twitter, kind of model. Twitter, Twitter DMs is like a massive missed opportunity altogether. Like you have a universe where you can, in a second, create a group chat, which is like a bunch of randos and then also like, I don't know, a celebrity that you know. <laughs> you know, like that. there's no other platform that facilitates that yeah. on that level. And they, they don't have end-to-end encryption. They don't have anything. Well, nothing... It hasn't changed. It's completely not changed. I mean, this is one of the things that Elon signaled he was going to fix was the DM experience, still TBD, along with the rest of the stuff. 
But anyway. But that is a niche, sorry. That yeah, yeah. I, I'm bringing it up because like the niche the Discord exists within is that I think there actually is this middle ground between, because it's like, oh, what's the difference between a Discord? Like, why would I have Discord when I have WhatsApp? Yeah. It's like, well, you're not going to use Discord with your family, obviously. No. Do leave a comment if your family group chat is in Discord. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's that's that makes me that's based. Yeah, that is, that is highly based. If you if you have a based family with a Discord group chat, well, give us a call. We'll give you three months free down round subscription for that for sure. You need to give us proof. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, three months proof, and we yeah. want to read every single message. <laughs> yeah, please. But the other thing that I think about a lot with Discord, which I, is another angle, I think has actually come becoming kind of interesting with the AI stuff and. Anything like that. And Slack plays a bit of a role as, in this as well, but Discord 100% is that it's created this whole kind of like internet that's not accessible through search or anything. Yeah. I mean, it's worth bringing up like Charlottesville and stuff was all like they, they got a Nazi problem, like a lot of these yeah, they got Yeah, they got a child porn problem. Yeah. They, like there's a, they, they face a lot of the same problems there. But more than that, it's, a lot of expertise now disappears into like Discord groups. Mm. which Google has no access to. And to be honest, neither does like OpenAI doesn't have access to a whole bunch of like that I know of. I, I want to preface that I don't think that their data set is trained on a bunch of discords. I don't think they had that that access. Well, uh, one of the key reasons I wanted to talk about Discord today was because the most recent Pentagon leaks were Well, yeah, leaked. we probably should have mentioned that at the top of the maybe, episode. Maybe yeah, yeah, were leaked in a Discord. It turned out that, you know, there's a bunch of kind of like military intelligence information that was made for high-level kind of politicians and intelligence, whatever, like yeah. was leaked in a Discord chat by, it turned out, like a 21-year-old trying to impress a bunch of 16-year-olds in what yep. started off as basically a gaming chat but turned into... This is, you know, this is the... It, it's like there's a story that keeps coming up that in the Discord, I'm pretty sure it's in the Discord, of this, like, uh, realistic tank game called War Thunder. There's a online multiplayer tank game called War Thunder where... Its selling point is that all the tanks are like exhaustively mm. realistic, and they're based on real real models. Any game like that is naturally going to attract the most autistic men in the world. <laughs> As a result, they sit in the Discord and just argue with each other about whether a certain tank has this granular feature or whatever. Mm. And inevitably, it ends with guys with highly classified tank design documents just dropping just leaking them, them yeah, to, to win an argument. To win, to win an argument, which I support, by the way. <laughs> I, I think that we should accept like a completely no-holds-barred approach when it comes to winning arguments. Yeah. If you've got the documents, if you've got the PDFs, drop them. <laughs> Even an you iPhone photo of the PDF on a computer screen. Exactly. You deserve to win. But there's a lot of like specialty. You know, A lot of AI discourse happens inside Discords now, there's a lot of like really specialized sorts of things. And as a result, that information disappears from like the public web where like Google is crawling it. This is like my advice. If you really want to know something about a subject and it helps if it's like you know, software adjacent and things like that, but not necessarily. Some of the best way to do it is like get into a Discord. Which, lurk. And just lurk and read people posting about it. You'll probably learn more than almost anything. And on one hand, that's kind of cool. On the other hand, it's kind of like, I don't know if it's worrying, but it's certainly different. It's like a different sort of like topography of the internet is that it's all in these little close to peer to peer, baby. It's peer to peer. It's private chats. But, you know, it's not just Discord doing that. Discord has been surfing the wave of that's what people want now. Yeah. They don't want to be out on like big public Twitter feeds and just like post shit that they get cancelled for or get seen by an audience that's not supposed to see it. They would rather be. In a mates. community of like-minded individuals. Even if there's 800,000 
of those individuals. Yeah, in a network state. Yeah, exactly. And they're all and the, the thing they're like minded about is League of Legends. This is evidently what people want. Yeah, anyway, so No, just- but it is. I, I actually do think that this is basically the future of social media. And like people have picked up on this. Like Facebook has picked up on this. Yeah. With you know, they made a pivot to groups a few years ago. They realized that people were interacting and engaging more in groups and servicing yep. groups more highly for that very reason. They want the kind of that weird, that semi private community. Like yep. that limited community, which is literally just like internet forums. Like we've already done this. Yeah, no, but we're back. We're back to the that same sort of thing. No, exactly. I mean, people recognize like not everyone wants a tweet to go to the entire world, and a lot of people who do want a tweet to go to the, t- the entire world can't find an audience. A community of like-minded in- individuals solves that problem. Yeah, and the thing that Discord sort of does well and better than like forums is that obviously. You can be in 50 different discords, but they're all linked by your one username. Yeah. And your identity is like as persistent as you want between those. And it's still like ethereal, like the, yeah. the next day your comments have gone, um, yeah. which creates kind of an addictive engagement yeah, aspect. Yeah. And I'm, pre- well. I'm pretty sure actually that's one of the Nitro features that you can change your username between servers. Like if you don't have Nitro, I'm pretty sure you can't change your top level identity like if i'm i don't know i have to be baron trump 420 in every single if server you're, you're baron trump 420 in the down round server you're baron trump 420 in league of legends and you're baron trump 420 in your um golfing group yep i bet there is a sweet golfing discord out there i reckon there there probably is and uh, you can probably learn a few a few tips that you could you can take to marrickville oh yeah <laughs> raf's golfing advice discord Eight hundred thousand members Welcome to Down Round, the podcast about tech business and culture. I'm your host, James Hennessy, and this is my co-host, Raf Dixon. I hate to do the sales pitch straight out the gate, but this is so important. For just $7 a month, you can get two episodes a week of incredible tech analysis. We may not take ourselves too seriously, but the analysis is second to none. You could literally run an investment fund off the advice we give. The alpha is limitless. Why wouldn't you pay 7 bucks? You're leaving money on the table. <laughs> 